and just like that, we are back for episode three of Nintendo Aficionado Podcast. I'm Jason, joined by my fellow aficionado and Birdo superfan, Matthew. Hey, I'm Matthew, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I like Birdo. I'm not, I'm not sure I call myself a Birdo superfan, but I think that talking about Birdo is appropriate for this episode because uh, we're going to get a little weird today. I think um, we've... What does that mean? Well, you know, the first two episodes, we were pretty basic. We're talking about upcoming releases and thoughts on that. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that I don't think people really um, know about, and probably that's because they don't care about it, (laughs) but um, we're going to make some people care today. We're talking about NinPro, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, just a little little bit of a sneak peek for later in the episode for those uh, that are thinking maybe I shouldn't stick around for this weird junk. NinPro was the uh, branding that Nintendo used for some of their merchandise, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yes, we will. Um, first, we have a couple things to go over news-wise since our last episode. Um, first one, Matthew, Takaya Imamura retired from Nintendo. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's sad, and I also mm-hmm. wonder how many of the people that are really sad about it um, know who he was. Uh, before the news <laughs> broke um but yeah uh he's one of those names that you know after beating hundreds of nintendo games <clears throat> excuse me and you see all the the credits roll by one of those names that you start to recognize mm-hmm. and it's nice to see the news articles come out about him talking about him he is, is the creator of tingle he created captain falcon and a mm-hmm. few other characters box mcleod um, yeah yeah he's he's an important part of nintendo and somebody that you know hasn't been a part of people's conversations until now Right. Um, someone made a point I saw online. Um, so he's retiring after 32 years. Someone mentioned, um, you know, we're coming up on 35 uh, or the 35th anniversary for Zelda. Um, we just had it for Mario. We're getting to that point where usually people start retiring. You know, they're at that point where the company is kind of saying, okay, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've done your part. Uh, so do you think that means we're going to start seeing more big names retire from Nintendo? Yeah, and that's the point I was going to bring up too. I, uh, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto recently was talking about how he's kind of, uh, kind of transitioning toward that, right? He's making sure that all the his, you know, successors are getting in line, and he's starting to feel like he's at a place where they can kind of take over once he's once he and the other old guard are gone. Um, yeah, it's a it's going to be a sad day when you start seeing all these people gone, especially Miyamoto. Right. Well, I think uh, it's safe to say, Imamura-san, arigato gozaimashita. Isn't that right, Matthew? See, si. and um, I, I, I think that uh, one of these days, uh, when Miyamoto's gone, and you're starting to look at what Nintendo has become, uh, I think that for the most part, we're still going to be a big fan of them. So, as sad as it is, and as, as much as we don't want it to happen, uh, I think they've done a fantastic job of kind of getting. The, the young people primed mm-hmm. and um i mean you, you look at it and you know miyamoto's been a lot a lot more hands-off uh recently um new you know the new stuff like splatoon is coming out and that's all the young generation and that's been very well regarded so uh you know it's sad i'm gonna uh be sad to see things like tingle maybe not be created anymore <laughs> <laughs> but we got three games out of them so that's good Okay, uh, moving on, uh, Universal 
recently announced um, some new merch for their Super Nintendo World over in Japan. Um, we recently had a chance to kind of scroll through it and check it out. Um, did you see anything that kind of caught your eye? Yeah, I, I like a couple of the items. Um, actually, before I get into that, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in the line. It's it's an 8-bit line, right? Yes, yes. Um, and so it looks really cool. There's some there's some nice merchandise. However, uh, doesn't really scream Super Nintendo World to me. It screams it's like just normal merchandise that you would see at Target or Hot Topic. I feel exactly. like exactly that's what I was gonna say. It doesn't scream, "Hey, this is something that no one else could do with a license." Yeah, I mean, aside from slapping the word Super Nintendo World on the back of a shirt, right? <laughs> but um, I mean, aside from that, the they have some pretty cool looking things. I like the the watch. Did you see that one? I saw it. Yeah, it's a pretty fancy watch. It's like a fifty dollar item, so it's not going to be like a you know anything <laughs> super unattainable. But it looks pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, and they got earrings, necklaces, iPhone cases, of course. It's a very hot topic. It is. Um, the only thing that I really saw that was like uh, maybe I would buy that was the shirt, the the black shirt. Um, it's got Mario in the front. It's got the the power block on the pocket with a uh, power star hidden behind it. You see that one? Yeah, yeah, that one looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it says Super Nintendo World on the back. It's kind of whatever. I think it's they're aesthetically pleasing, and more so than I think the ones that have the big you know font with the Super Nintendo World logo. But I'd probably you know want that kind of garish looking one that I probably wouldn't enjoy wearing as much more than I would the other one mm-hmm. uh, just because it feels more unique to to the land and you know it doesn't just feel like I'm walking into a, a regular store and buying mm-hmm. some sort of licensed product. The other one that I thought was kind of cool is the ticket holder. Um, that's something I don't know if they would actually bring over here um, just because ticket holders are so popular in the Asian mm-hmm. theme parks. Um, I mean when I went everybody had one every single person had a ticket holder uh at the japan uh, disney parks the hong kong shanghai uh did you feel the same when you went to tokyo i didn't see too many of those i I saw a lot more people having the little uh duffies or i mean i guess technically that is a ticket holder you're right yes um but a lot more a lot of the popcorn buckets when i went okay maybe i maybe it was a little early for the ticket holder uh phenomenon the first time i went sure but well, yeah, I, I think that the items that are uniquely Japanese that we probably won't get out here are a little bit cooler. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like the the treat tins, those are a very popular thing for the Japanese culture that whenever they go anywhere, they go and bring it back and share with their family and friends. Right. Um, th- those things are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time believing we'll get those, but I guess we just have to kind of wait and see. Okay, well, that just about does it for the news. It's kind of a quiet week. It was. They got all of their news out the previous week. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, let's start talking about our topic today. Okay. And um, so, first of all, we should give some context for what this is. Um, you know, we've mentioned a couple times uh, in the in the first couple podcasts that, you know, we're going to kind of dig into the minutia of some of this Nintendo stuff. And so, NinPro is... Uh, a way that Nintendo branded their promotional items for a relatively short period of time. Uh, actually, it, was, it lasted for a while, but they were really inconsistent with it, which is, I think, part of the mystery around it. Um, yeah. 
there, there really isn't very much information. And um, I don't know, both of us were doing research or trying to find stuff out. And I think this is actually one of the cool things about this podcast is maybe somebody listening um, maybe already knows something or might be interested and starts looking at their collection and finds new stuff that we haven't been able to find. Yes, um, exactly. But, yeah, so um, it started in uh, early 2000. So we actually have found items that are trademarked as 2000, and it makes sense based on when they came out. But according to the actual trademark application, the first official usage uh, was October 2001, hmm. uh, which I think is kind of standard. They'll they'll put through a, a request for a trademark and use it in the meantime. So I'm guessing that that must have been the first official usage after they got the um, the, the patent for it, I guess, the trademark. Uh-huh. Do we know what that item was? Uh, yeah, it was, the first one that I have is the Pokemon Pokefest Magnets. So this was a, uh, it's a pretty small thing. Um, it ba- basically looks like a sticker sheet, but it's actually a, a, a magnet. So you can take the magnets out and it's for uh, Pokemon. Um, I believe it is the Gen 2 Pokemon from Silver and, and Gold. Okay, cool. And uh, for the most part, these items are all uh, promotional items. So we're you know, if we're, if we're trying to understand it better and w- why they use this branding for certain items, it appears to mainly be for items that they were uh, giving away uh, as an, you know, as a either a bonus for purchasing or for pre-ordering a game or for just for promotional use to uh, to certain, you know, specific people. Uh, the interesting thing is that it was officially canceled in 2009, so we know for sure that it doesn't go beyond there. The latest usage of it I can find is 2006, uh, which was a couple years after they kind of stopped using it, but they had DS Lite wristbands, both a black and a pink one, uh, that they branded as, as NinPro on the packaging. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they decided after what there was. There was one other item, uh, but then after beyond before that, they hadn't really used it for like three or four years, which is kind of strange that. It kind of came and went and then kind of came again and then very quietly disappeared. Yeah, and that's kind of like the frustrating thing about this is that, and I hope this podcast reaches people like you said and has people reach out to us and kind of let us know if they have something maybe we've never seen or even heard of because, I mean, I can count on maybe, count on my one hand how many things I have at least that I could think of. I'm sure yeah. you have a lot more. You know, I, I think you'd be surprised. I don't have too many of them, um, but there aren't too many items to begin with. We, we can actually easily go through each of them in this podcast, and it won't go on for too long. Um, so why don't we actually do that? First of all, let's talk about the ones that we do have and um, maybe explain what they are and, and how you got them. Because um, I know you have a one piece in particular that I am quite envious of. <laughs> yeah, so I have a, a, it's a Pikmin poster. Um, it's got a, a glow-in-the-dark um the the bulborb um you know you can't see it in the daylight but if you have it uh, in light and then you turn the lights off in the dark um it glows i do not know where i got it <laughs> i just remember <laughs> having it forever and that's the best part about this is nobody has any idea where these came from right <laughs> yeah I, I i've seen it on ebay i think once and i think you have too yeah a little right. while ago yeah and going for some ridiculous amount of money. Um, unfortunately, I, I have it in a frame now, but unfortunately, back in high school, um, I didn't have the foresight to keep really good uh, or take really good care of it. So I have the uh, um, 
thumbtack, you know, holes in the corners. So, oh yeah. Well. well, I mean, you have no idea. It just seemed like, oh, it's a poster that I got. Probably for purchasing the game. I'm assuming that's how you got it. To be honest, Nin Pro, just the font and the way the logo looks, it looks like it's one of those third-party, <laughs> edgy, kind of cool, hip uh, companies that, you know, is using the license for something, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, that, and that's the thing is, you can tell by the uh, by the codes, the UPC codes, is using Nintendo's manufacturing code. Yes. Um, it, these aren't the typical like licensed products. These are ones that Nintendo puts out to promote their items. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I don't know. I like the logo. I think it, I mean I get where you're coming from with with that. But that was just kind of the era. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know. It just kind of reminds you of, like Mad Cats or something, the font. But yeah, yeah, and and we'll, we'll probably post. Uh, we'll definitely post a picture on our right. Instagram, so Nintendo Aficionado on, on Instagram. Um, so take a look at that. We'll post that logo and probably a few of these items as well uh, so you can see what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to find out a little bit more about that Pikmin poster. Uh, it's amazing and it's really cool. Does it get enough light every single day being in that frame in your room that every time you turn off the light, it glows in the dark? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it does. So if you, if you have one of those, uh, you know, the listeners, if you have one, uh, definitely, you know, pull it out, take a look at it, keep, you know, keep, take good care of it because uh, those are pretty hard to find. I think you were saying, Jason, that you were looking into it at one point and it may have been originally meant for it as a, like a, a purchase item, a pre-order bonus, and it just kind of got removed. Is that what you found? Uh, I do not recall what you're referring to. Um I had always just assumed it was a pre-order bonus from either like Target or GameStop or something like that. Um, I don't recall anything further beyond that, though. Okay. All right. Well, I guess maybe somebody can tell us some information if they if yeah, they find please, it. please let us know. Yeah, let us know. Uh, and then um, uh, another cool pre-order bonus that they did. Um, following year in 2002 i'm not going to go chronologically just because i don't know the dates on all of these um but one that i remember fondly is the the cell art the art cell that they did for both metroid prime and for metroid fusion right yeah yeah Yeah, and and these were specifically items that we know remember when we got the metroid prime art cell uh that it came with purchasing the item it wasn't a pre-order bonus um it seems like most of these weren't pre-order bonuses they they were pick up at time of purchase uh, items um, but the, kind of the same thing with the Pikmin glow in the dark one, the Metroid Fusion art cell. That one is extremely hard to find because, and I can tell you this because <laughs> we both purchased it at launch and neither of us got it. We were, we were supposed to get it, and the stores never got them in. And if you look for them online, you'll see the Metroid Prime art cell all day long. Metroid Fusion is a lot harder to come by. Um, so I have no idea what happened there. It seems to me like a similar instance as Pikmin. It's almost like for me, I have this, you know, nobody knows what Ninpro is, right? But I have this weird sort of like, it has like a mis- mystique around it. I don't know what's going on with it entirely. <laughs> and the fact that two of the like, you know, items that I know of just, you know, we were supposed to come out, but didn't really come out in full capacity. It kind of just lends it a, this weird sense of mystery. Yeah, I agree. I, I really wish I knew more about them. I, ho- I hope, man, I hope that we're able to figure this out and crack this mystery. Uh, I think eventually, you know, we'll find somebody that knows more. Um, But yes, they did some more cool stuff. They did some bobbleheads as well. I think you have uh, at least one or two of these, right? 
Um, I have no. So okay, so I have a Mario and Luigi bobblehead, and I have a Metroid Prime uh, bobblehead. The Mario and Luigi definitely are not an pro, right? I believe. Right, I think those are just licensed products. Yes. Uh, I don't remember the Metroid Prime one is though. Do you recall? I don't think that one was branded as an in-pro, No, that's okay. the other weird thing is that they did other they did promotional items during this time frame that weren't branded as an in-pro for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> but um, don't you have the do you have the Star Fox Adventures bobblehead? No, I don't. So let's talk about that. Okay, so this one was another pickup at time of purchase item. Uh, I believe this was a Target exclusive. Yes. Okay. Um, and yeah, they this one is a pretty easy to find. If you go online, you can find one. They're not too expensive. Somewhere in the probably fifty to seventy-five dollar range, depending on condition. Um, it came in a blister pack, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a pretty nice bobblehead. It, it, you know, he's holding this the staff and and everything. I like it. Um, one quick uh, note, I. Do recall when I was looking at them online um, a little while back? It's hard to find them uh, without his hand broken. Um, yeah, I think one of his fingers, right? Yeah, yeah. So mine's mine's broken. It came that way. Okay, okay. Well, I was it, gonna say it's something to look out for if you are uh, perusing eBay and you're gonna try and snag one. Just keep an eye out for that. Good, good point. Um, they also did a couple other bobbleheads uh, similar to the Metroid one, because the Metroid one is it's Samus standing. Is she standing on a uh, GameCube? No, this one she's standing on just a platform. Okay, so they did. Okay, cool. So they did two where they were standing on uh, systems. So there was the Donkey Kong GBA bobblehead, mm-hmm. um, where he's standing on top of a Game Boy Advance, and don't have information on where this one was was given or how it was given. Um, I don't think you know either, do you? No. Okay. So that's some something to uh, maybe if you know if you if you got one of these because these are relatively common. Uh, they're not super hard to find. Not as common as the Star Fox Adventures one um, or the next one we're going to talk about. But if you know anything, please let us know. But that is one. Um, it does have the Nin Pro sticker on the bottom of it. The other one is, I think, is actually a really cool piece. Uh, the Mario bobblehead. It's fr- a Target exclusive. Um, and I think it was from the launch of GameCube. He's It's Mario standing on top of the GameCube holding a, a GameCube controller. Right. And yeah, that one is kind of everywhere. It's inside of actual box, so it's a nice collector's piece. Yes. Um, and so that's the one to definitely be on the lookout for. Do you have that one? I do. Yeah, I actually picked it up uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it at launch, obviously, but um, good. Good pieces there. Uh, and also, I want to go back. We were just talking about Star Fox Adventures. I don't remember how I got it. I know I went into Target and got convinced them to give it to me because I didn't purchase the game at Target. Um, I purchased it at GameStop, I believe, either GameStop or Circuit City, because they were giving out a Star Fox Adventures air freshener, which is another Ninpro branded item. Why do I feel like I had that? Because I think you had it. Where did it go? <laughs> <laughs> so I still have mine. It's still uh, still wrapped, and it's a pretty neat little piece. It's uh, you know, it's the that kind of standard Fox uh, Star Fox Adventures. Um, art that they were using everywhere um and it has the the branding at the top uh, so it, it's a air freshener if you know what those kind of come packaged as it's a nice piece though i like it yeah i can't recall where i got star fox adventures i i for some reason i'm leaning towards game crazy 
And when I heard about the uh, bobblehead, I remember thinking, oh, crap, like I, I missed out on something cool. And then you eventually got it. And I remember thinking, like, why didn't I try that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just used my my uh, wiles and <laughs> convinced the person. I said, hey, you know, I bought the game. You know, like, I didn't tell them I didn't buy it there. But I didn't get a bobblehead. Can I get a bobblehead? And uh, they had tons of them. It, it wasn't something that was super limited. I don't think I ended up basically taking it from little Timmy's hands or anything. But, uh, yeah, those are cool pieces. Um, do you have any other Nintendo, or I'm sorry, Ninpro branded items before we go into some of the other ones that we don't have? Um, I can't recall. Did we go over the Eternal Darkness hat? Was that Ninpro or not Ninpro? I don't have it on my list. Okay, so, so. maybe it's not. Um, and then the other thing, Wave Race, the blue visor. Um, not not branded Ninpro. So it's not Ninpro. Right. Again, like I said, part of the mystery of this is they were it was their branding mechanism for promotional items, yet we have tons of promotional items from the same time frame that were not branded as Ninpro. So uh, I think those that covers the ones that we have that we can probably speak you know, a little bit more in depth on. Um, so let's kind of go through some of the other ones. Um, I'm going to actually talk first about some of the ones that I know are harder to come by. And um, I don't know if necessarily harder to come by, but are more sought after. Uh, so there is a Conker's Bad Fur Day t-shirt that yeah. was a, a promotion. It actually has the Ninpro branding on the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this is an expensive one. You're going to be paying over $100 for it if you want it. Yeah. And it's basically it's just the Conker's Bad Fur Day logo. Um, it's a it's a pretty standard promotional shirt, but uh, it's a pretty cool one, and, and people want it. Uh, there is also a Mario Sunshine beach towel. Uh, I know a little bit more about this one because I remember not getting it and being upset about it. Because <laughs> I didn't get it at a, it was at Toys R Us. It was a Toys R Us exclusive item. Ah. Yeah. And uh, it, it looked pretty cool. I, I know that, um, you know, they're findable. Uh, but again, you're probably going to be paying probably around $100 to find one, at least in good condition in, in the original packaging. Uh, and then here's one that I just actually found because I, I do regular searches all the time trying to find new items. So I actually just found this one. I didn't tell you about it yet, Jason. Um, at least I don't think I did. How uh, dare you? Maybe I did. Who knows? <laughs> but it's a sports watch themed to Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Hmm. And okay. uh, I be- this one, I believe, is a GameStop exclusive. Uh, it's it's branded as such on uh, the yes. packaging. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why we didn't get it, because I'm pretty sure we got Wind Waker <laughs> at GameStop. Well, it says it says free sports watch with the purchase of a Nintendo GameCube system. Oh, you're right. You're right. I forgot to I forgot about that part. So that's why uh, we already had the GameCube systems at that time. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. Good, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. So those are some of the, the items that you're going to be spending money for that, along with the Pikmin glow in the dark poster. Um, and, you know, the bobbleheads are, are not super cheap either. But we got a couple kind of smaller items that I think are pretty neat. So let's kind of just talk through the rest of them. There aren't too many. Uh, there's Game Boy Advance headphones. So I believe these were... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to take a shot in the dark and say I think these were also a Toys R Us uh, promotional item. But it, okay. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I think it came out when the system came out. Which, but that wouldn't make any sense because you got it at Toys R Us, right, when it launched? Right, I did. Okay. I so, still have my receipt. Right. So unless it's another one of those, some stores got them, very few did, but uh, it's type of situations. Um, 
you know, any, any more information about, about those would be great if you, if any of our listeners know, uh, there's a rubber bouncy ball. So it's like a clear bouncy ball and inside of it, inside the ball, it says NINPRO. It has the NINPRO logo. Uh, this one, uh, as best as I can tell, based on the information I can find, was an employee promo. So something that they gave either to employees or possibly to their Nintendo reps to maybe give out to uh, to some store managers to try and you know give get them you know excited about Nintendo. Yeah. Actually, you know, you, you used to work in, in retail in, in, in those departments. Did uh, you ever have interactions with the Nintendo reps where they were kind of trying to grease your palms a little bit with free stuff? Nope, never. <laughs> I, I always waited for him to come. And he, um, he would usually come either before my shift started or a different day. Um, and in, even the few times that, you know, I was there when he did come, it was just in and out. He didn't really talk to me much and... But the other reps, they're awesome. They're very talkative, very like, you know, hey, here, take this, take that. You know, like, I have all this crap. You want it? (laughs) Not the Nintendo guy. (laughs) You know, I I will say I've had very good experiences with uh, Nintendo reps. Our Nintendo reps that are listening, we love you guys. Um, (laughs) I I know some I know some very cool ones, some ones that uh, were around a while ago that uh, hooked me up with some cool items when I happened to show up in a store as they were changing some things out. Um, so yeah, the, they're, they're cool people. So ignore Jason. Um, <laughs> but all right, let's keep going. We talked about the Pokemon uh, Pokefest magnets from 2000. Um, oh, there's another item that is branded prior. Is it 2001 prior to the uh, quote official um, first use? Uh, this one was a Pokemon Stadium 2 sticker poster. So it was similar to the one that was from Blockbuster for Pokemon Stadium 1. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's actually, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention this one in the kind of hard-to-find items. Um, in fact, I recently was searching for them and couldn't even find them again after finding them a, a few months ago. But this is another one that might be kind of hard for you to find if you're interested in collecting NinPro. Right. So we've got that. Um Oh, this is a kind of fun one that isn't too hard to find. It's the Majora's Mask Multimedia CD. Mm-hmm. And I believe this was also a Target item. Um, so this was one of those items you put into your... Uh, in, I believe you put it into your computer, and it has some music, it has some art, and some and trailers, I believe, for the game. Yeah. I can't... I, I must have forgotten. Is it the one that I have? Because I know I have two Majora's Mask, uh, like, promotional CDs, and one of them is this one that you're talking about? I don't know. I don't I don't think I've ever seen you having this one. Um, okay. we'll it's, have a, to... it's from Target. Okay. So, you're saying, so there were two from Target, maybe? Possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% on it being from Target. Some of this information is kind of, you know, based on what people put on eBay, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We'll take a look. We'll investigate it. And if it is, then we'll, we'll put it up on our Instagram to to let you know um but yeah th- those were pretty cool Th- that was a, a thing that they were doing for a while a lot, a lot of companies were doing those multimedia cds back when people were first starting to get you know home computers in the you know late 90s early 2000s it uh just real quick it is the ninpro cd oh very cool all right well congratulations on having another <laughs> ninpro item wow didn't even know <laughs> very cool have you ever uh put it in did you did you mess around with it i did back in the day when i first got it yeah cool. it was just remember do you remember anything um, about it? I remember listening to the music. Um, I imagine it probably had like a screensaver or something, right? Uh, it's got like a wallpaper um, and I think the trailer. Um, 
on the back of the CD, it says it's got Zelda trivia, screenshots, and much more. <laughs> I don't recall anything being much more, but it was like a fun little bonus for, uh, for I think it was for pre-ordering it. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll make sure to post some pictures of that on our Instagram feed as well. Um, and then a couple, one or two more items, uh, Game Boy Advance t-shirt, uh, pretty standard GBA t-shirt. We don't know where that one was, was promoted at, but it does also have the Ninpro logo, um, logo on it. And another t-shirt is a standard Nintendo race, the, you know, standard racetrack logo, the you know red one. Um, another shirt that also happens to have a Ninpro logo, um, not too much information on, on these that I can find. So again, if any of our listeners know, please let us, uh, you know, keep us informed and we'll be sure to share that with our listeners. Uh, and the last item is another one that I, I know I mentioned to you, Jason, because I was excited to find out, but the 2005 sampler CD for the 2005 Nintendo Fusion Tour was Nintendo or Ninpro branded. Yes. Not not 2004, the one that we have. Okay. Um, of course and, and I think the reason for that is because the one that we have... Uh, if you're interested in Nintendo Fusion Tour um, and don't know what that is, that was a, a concert that Nintendo did. They went around to a few of the big cities throughout the U.S. and also used it as an opportunity to uh, show off some demos um, while you know getting people in to watch whatever popular music there was in the, in the early 2000s. Um, I wouldn't say pop, not pop music. It was more like, uh, how, how would you define it? You, you were more into that than I was. Yeah, so like the emo music, the emo, yeah. the rock Right. So I, I remember we went to the one in 2006 and it was very strange because of very different crowds. There was the, <laughs> uh, it was the, the emo scene kids yeah, and yeah. then the gamers on the other side and the gamers went to one area and played the games the whole time. And the rest of the people went and played the music. And I think that's when they realized that, you know, this blending didn't quite work out. Like I think they were hoping to draw people in to see the music and then they'd also play the <laughs> games, but really it was just, I'm here for the music and the other people were there for the games. Um, and yeah, I, I, I paid a admission to go play some uh, Wii demos before the system came out. Yeah. You played Twilight princess while I watched Emery. <laughs> it was a fun time. It was nice to kind of, uh, meet some people. I actually met uh, a few people that are, you know, pretty big Nintendo collectors that I don't really talk to anymore. But because um, I hate them, and you know who you are. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I just <laughs> people that I haven't really kept up with. But uh, I, met, I met some people that are really cool um, at the, you know at that event. Uh, but anyway, so the the CD that we have from 2004 was actually sold at Best Buy. So that was a little bit of a um, of a different thing because it was sold, right? It wasn't the promotional item in the way that I believe the 2005 one was a promotional given away to um, either when you went to the concert or to promote it at other other events that they had. Do you recall um, where we got ours? Best Buy. It was a Best Buy exclusive. And it was just, was it free or was it? Uh, it was $10 originally, um, okay. but we, bought, we got it for a dollar, I believe. They, okay. they quickly went on clearance because it was like five songs <laughs> yeah yeah it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't really a, a huge thing so they were like why are we selling this for ten dollars <laughs> um so yeah we picked it up for a dollar because i was like hey nintendo i don't like any of this music but it has a nintendo logo on it so i should probably buy it hey quick question um so yeah. did that have the before or we're kind of toying around or like uh, uh kind of like inching our way towards this conversation regarding like upc Right. But right. did the CD that we have have that code? It did. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, it was it was the four five four nine six Nintendo branding. Okay. And should we just talk about that now? Yeah, why not? You open the door. Let's let's get into it. Okay. You you did some good research on this um, after I kind of like noticed it. So why don't you kind of talk about it? Okay. Well, um, you you noticed the code. So you you called me one day and you said, "Hey, um, it looks like everything that Nintendo puts out starts with four five four nine six in their UPC, which is the Universal uh, Product Code." Right. Um, and I thought, okay, well, let's look into it. So, uh, upon further investigation, um, we found out that that four five four nine six is, I guess you'd say, registered to Nintendo. So basically, anything that they put out themselves will always have four five four nine six in the barcode. So it's a. It seems like it's a pretty easy way of um, quickly spotting if it's. Uh, you know, an official Nintendo product as opposed to a licensed product, right? Yeah, there are many ways to tell that. We'll probably do a podcast that kind of deep dives into that. Mm -hmm. But for sure, that's one way to do it. Um, And that holds true for pretty much all US items from the launch of the NES forward. So if you go and look at NES games, it'll it'll have that code. it doesn't hold true for Game & Watch. I'm not 100% sure yet if I'm trying to do more research on that, uh, if it is because it was somebody else that was officially distributing them for them, um, or if it's just because they were using a different code. Because you've kind of found that you know companies will get a new code as time progresses, right? Yeah, without getting too much into detail, there are other companies that seem to have more than one, um, and they use all of them for some reason. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and you know Japan has their own specific code. So if you're you know interested in that, um, uh, you can, you know you'll you'll have to like it's not going to be the same code there. Uh, PAL territories it, it appears to be, but not necessarily for the same time frame for anything recent. You'll you'll find that same code, but um, and then the other th- interesting thing because a lot of the Ninpro branded items are using that code. Uh, yeah, and those are all promotional items, right? In in more recent years. The majority of their promotional items, because they don't necessarily have to be sold, right? Um, they're not actually using that standard code. They're kind of like all zeros or zero 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 one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just because it doesn't have the four five four nine six doesn't mean that it's not by Nintendo. You just have to kind of um, determine what the item is is for. If it's actually being sold in a store, then it should have that code. Yeah. For the most part, look for that number, and if you're in doubt, do a little bit of research. Um, before we get too far off topic, do you want to tell everyone what the Japanese and PAL codes are? Just so that if they're listening, they can go look up. Well, like I said, the PAL code is the same right now. But like I said, I don't think that it that holds true for older, like the any like the early NES or their you know Famicom, mm-hmm. Super Famicom days um, or Super Nintendo days. Um, I off the top of my head, I don't remember, and I'm not in my game room to look at it. Uh, I believe it's four nine zero two three seven. Okay. Is that accurate for Japan? Is that accurate? Um, my headphones would not allow me to reach my bookshelf <laughs> to grab the game and look at it. I'm pretty sure that's accurate, but uh, if it's not, we'll do a correction. Okay. All right. So uh, we actually went through all of the Ninpro branded items, at least that we have found so far. Uh, so listeners, please let us know if you take a look at your items, especially from that era, the the 2000s and let us know if you find anything let us know if you spot anything later than 2006 because that is the latest one that uh, we can find 
And uh, yeah, do you have anything else to add about NinPro? Um, maybe nothing to add, but uh, a question for you if, you, if you happen to know off the top of your head. Um, things that were sold in Nintendo Power Magazine, did they often have Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, NinPro branding? I don't believe they did at all. I think NinPro is specifically uh, items that were uh, given to stores to uh, give away as a promotional item with the with the game that, that they were buying or to uh, get the person that is selling the games excited about selling your Nintendo games. Right. So, yeah, that's the one thing that we can kind of find in common. That's Like I said, that's why 2004 uh, Nintendo Fusion Tour CD did not have it because that was not a promotional item. That was something they were selling. But the 2005 one did have that branding because that one appeared to be more of a promotional item. Um, all the items that we've kind of talked about were given away in some capacity, whether it was with a game or with a system um, and at specific retailers. So Nintendo Power items were their own kind of separate separate thing. Good to know. Yep. And uh, do we have a Jason's Corner today? Okay, yeah. So we're going to be calling this section Jason's Corner, and I'm just going to kind of ask Matthew questions at the end of every episode, maybe pick his brain a little bit regarding you know, something Nintendo-related. So for today's episode, Matthew, I'm going to ask you, um, are you disappointed that characters like uh, Wario, Waluigi, um, pretty much anyone else from like the Pantheon of Mario characters are no longer used today? It's pretty much just Peach and Toad, uh, (laughs) maybe Bowser, and for some reason, Bowser Jr. now? Yes. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Talk to you Uh, next week. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point, and uh, that's something that you know, a lot of people were complaining about with, um, was it the uh, last Paper Mario game, right? The Origami King? That, that yeah. thing? Um, because, you know, the Paper Mario games, the early ones, created, you know, brand new characters and um, and did some really cool stuff, and they basically were just using Toad everywhere. Uh, and they, they do have some very cool characters that, for a while, well, they made Super Princess Peach, right? A game just surrounding peach uh and you know they could have done that with a lot of their other characters and it does seem like they are kind of just putting them into like okay the party and the sports games and yeah. mario kart and you know the in the actual mainline mario series they're kind of being forgotten a little bit i think that's a good point um i don't know I, i'd love to see a, a little bit more representation for like i said wario and, and waluigi i think would be a fantastic you know duo to make a whole game around you know, yeah they, but they're they're not you know focusing on them anymore. Can you think of any other characters other than Wario and Waluigi that you might consider like in that same like category? Well, because I'm a Birdo super fan, uh, I think Birdo is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think uh, you know. I mean, Birdo basically just got forgotten, and uh, Nintendo acknowledged that in Captain Rainbow, right? That was where they the game where they took all the characters that were forgotten in Nintendo's history and made a game around that. So they acknowledge that. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to spread this whole thing that I'm a big <laughs> Birdo super fan. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, I'd love to see some of those weird niche characters be used a little more often than just, you know, generic Toad number 472. Yeah. Um, I do really- love Captain Toad. I think Captain Toad is awesome. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um Toadette. Yeah, are, are you going to move on from Birdo to Toadette? No, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Toadette. <laughs> um, just real quick, and I know the episode's getting a little long. Um, 
real quickly, you kind of touched on it earlier in the episode, um, talking about the new management coming into Nintendo and stuff. Do you think that has any any effect on what we're talking about right now? You know, I, I don't know why it would. Hmm. You know, I, to me, I, and in fact, didn't... All right, so this is where we get into sort of like, did I actually hear this or did I imagine it? But I actually think I remember hearing that Miyamoto kind of gave directive direction to the to the teams with the Paper Mario games, the recent ones, to not include all those other stuff. To kind of streamline it and make it just a bunch of toads as the extra characters. Am I crazy, or did you do you remember hearing anything about that? No, that is what I heard as well. I, I and I wish I had uh, had his you know transcript of everything he said right in front of me because I don't want to like you know change what he actually said, um, put words in his mouth. But yeah, it was something along those lines of basically okay, you guys are working on this Paper Mario game. These are the characters you're allowed to use. You cannot use this set of characters. And yeah. I do not know why he would do that. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. But um, So I don't know, maybe once Miyamoto retires, we'll get some more weird <laughs> creative things happening with some of these characters. Um, I mean, there is some level, as much as as much respect as I have for Miyamoto, and as sad as I will be if he ever retires, um, you know, I, I do think that he has this kind of uh, stranglehold over some of the operations and he he's a creative genius but he makes weird choices sometimes and and i think that that might be one of them you know he might have decided no we're not going to do that for whatever reason i, I don't think we need to, to you know talk about this character or that character we're just going to focus on these characters despite what maybe some of the other developers want to do hmm. interesting well that's all for jason's corner Thanks, everyone. All right. That was a long one. There were two questions in there. <laughs> I did not sign up for that. So, Jason, why don't you tell us where the listeners can find you? Okay. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at RetroXGames. Very good. And uh, I'm also on Instagram at GameCube Freak Games, but Freak is spelled F R E E K. So, don't confuse it. I don't know if anybody else out there is GameCube Freak Games spelled correctly, but don't don't follow them. <laughs> I like that. Spelled correctly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And of course, you can find Nintendo Aficionado on Instagram and on this podcast uh, you know, service that you're listening to. So thanks for listening. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, and uh, obviously, ask us any questions that you want us to answer on this podcast as well. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.